Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Today marks one year since the horrific 7.8 magnitude earthquake that rocked the Turkey-Syrian border. Following the initial quake, approximately nine hours later, a magnitude 7.5 earthquake hit in the region nearly 60 miles away. Now, the series of quakes killed over 55,000 people in Turkey and Syria, marking it the worst earthquakes the region had seen in 20 years. One year later, today, on Ask the Expert, we revisit with David Lilly for an update. He is the executive director of SAMS, short for the Syrian American Medical Society Foundation. David, thank you so much for the time. Um, how is your staff continuing the recovery efforts, even still today? Thank you, Kristen. I appreciate being here. And it has been nearly a year, uh, February 6th, when the earthquake struck and literally it, it did rock everybody in its wake. We have 2,300 staff operating in hospitals and clinics in Syria and about 100 on the other side of the border in Turkey. This happened right on that border, mainly. This was the epicenter. And suddenly at 4.30 in the morning with the 7.8 magnitude earthquake, all of our staff and millions of others were woken up uh, or came tumbling down in apartment buildings and walls were falling apart, walls cracking. And those who could ran out into the street, as did our staff. And it was snowy and cold and they're barefoot or in slippers, took whatever they had. And many did not, were not able ever to return some weeks or months later. And so suddenly they found themselves uh, displaced. And these, <laughs> our staff, we're the primary healthcare responders in Northwest Syria for this earthquake. And, and we also lent a hand in Turkey where we operate too. The, our staff needed relief and yet they were called upon to be the immediate responders and respond they did. They went into the hospitals, they gave care. People were pulled from the rubble and brought in. It was chaos, but after days and weeks, it, it finally started to slow. Uh, there was an outpouring of support worldwide for our organization and others to do that work along with the United Nations. And uh, we, we, you know, on an average day, we will provide 10,000 medical services. And yet now the services we're providing differed over the past year since this earthquake. People lost limbs. We have a, a, um, a prosthetics program now. Uh, people needed dialysis because they were crushed, their organs were crushed. And so we were doing dialysis along with those who had kidney failure. So we had to expand that. 
many people weren't able to access Turkey where they had been receiving cancer treatment. So we expanded our cancer treatment program. And very importantly, the, the trauma, you just can't underestimate. I was there twice in the, in the, you know, the days and weeks after the earthquake. And people were so traumatized. Uh, they did not want to go back into their buildings or they feared sleeping at night in a high rise, as you can imagine. So we, uh, we, we quickly put together uh, a mental health and psychosocial support program. We got consulting uh, counselors for our staff first as responders and then those who needed it across the epicenter zone. And it, it, it's, it, it's paid dividends, it has helped people, but that so much of these needs are ongoing uh, today. After the quake itself, what kind of numbers did you see of the injured and the dead? And how are things different today for the people that are still in recovery from that quake? Many people are still homeless. Suddenly you saw, uh, uh, well, suddenly there were, there was a million people who were displaced who could not go back into their homes. Uh, and, and, and slowly some were able to repair their homes. Uh, some had to move in with others. Um, there were, the, the worst figure was uh, 55,000 people lost their lives on both sides of the border. Uh, hundreds of thousands were injured and we cared for many of the injured. One of our lead staff in Syria, a doctor, lost 15 people in his family and he went back to work. Uh, the, one of the biggest hospitals in the area, uh, the director of that hospital lost his wife and, and newborn baby. Uh, it, it, it the magnitude was just incredible. As you go there, though, you meet individuals who are alive and caring and giving and warm, and you you, you can't lose track that yes, there were fifty five thousand dead, but each one of them were individuals and and were a, a grave loss. Um, Sometimes I think the best thing that we did, yes, we provided bandages and patched people up and fixed broken bones and, and tried to heal the trauma in their mind. But sometimes I think the best thing we could do is to care for each individual uh, on a one-on-one -on -one basis and in a, in a dignified way. Because you have to remember that these folks in this area uh, had just gone through 12 years of war uh, still faced airstrikes and artillery on a daily basis. And most of them in that area, most of the survivors of this earthquake had been displaced once or, or many times because of the war, had been pushed, uh, their families chased to stay in front of, 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 of the uh, horrors of the war. So they had faced this once and now they face this again. So it was really a disaster upon a disaster. Just taking in everything that you just mentioned now and being able to even visualize it just through your words, what is the biggest misconception that here our listeners may have on the recovery efforts? How much more is there to go? I would imagine after one year, Things are just not back to normal yet. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Those who lost, I think people who had been displaced even before this war lost their homes. Uh, they had started rebuilding and trying to stabilize life with their families, and then this occurred. Their greatest asset weren't in banks. There are no banks there. Uh, their assets were in their vehicle, if they had one, or in their house, and they lost that. So they really lost all the assets that they had to to, to live with. Um, so, you know, you know, one um, uh, misperception, I would say, is that uh, it, at least on the Syrian side of the border, that the government could come and provide support, uh, could uh, offer to build new roads, uh, new stores, new hospitals, uh, and help people or insurance companies could help them rebuild. But the government that operates in this area it is in in opposition controlled areas uh, it is sanctioned by the united states and cannot receive u.n assistance it does not raise taxes for the people in that area and so all assistance in that part of the world for millions of people come from nonprofits like ours who provide health care for free so there there are no insurance schemes there are no banks uh, so people really are on their own uh, along with those uh, who lend a hand like our organization and and uh, receive the donations and and translate it into assistance on the ground as time has gone by and other major disasters happen throughout the world it's it's tough to realize that it's very easy to get forgotten among everything that else is happening, and that there are people in Syria and Turkey that that still do need help. That's true. Over the, just in September alone, there was a huge earthquake in Morocco, which we had also responded to. Then, then days later, there was massive floods in in uh, north north eastern Libya, uh, and then the conflict between uh, Israel and Gaza, which still rages today. Uh, it's easy to get lost. Uh, among disasters and conflicts around the world, the, the situation in Ukraine is not getting any better. Sudan is another situation where where there is really a disaster going on. Um, it doesn't mean that uh, that uh, one disaster or one group of people need assistance more than others. Um, it, it's really just based on you know, who needs it best. Uh, I think we can all provide support, whether it's in Syria or uh, Gaza or Israel, Ukraine. Uh, there are so many places, and there are many places here at home too, in Dallas, in Washington D.C., where I am from, where I am, where I am based, and all over. I think the idea is just to, you know, be open to uh, helping, uh, helping any way you can, whether it's in school, uh, with your family, friends, uh, in your community, or around the world. There are so many needs today uh and it, it it's great to see the the upwelling of support when there when there are disasters and americans are so giving um so generous yeah i wanted to talk about that i mean 
Syrian American Medical Society, uh, you know, foundation. <clears throat> the impact of having Syrian Americans here stateside, uh, I can only imagine is it's just as difficult for them to know that their families back home are affected by this, possibly affected by this. What is the connection like um, with your members? Um, how have they been able to rally around for those in need uh, back in Syria? Um, how has that dynamic been? <laughs> it, it really personalizes it. It really brings it home. So we are an organization of over a thousand members and, and volunteers, uh, mostly of Syrian origin, but people who um, are medical professionals now in the United States or around the world. Uh, our president uh, from Chicago just went to Syria uh, last week and visited, you know, uh, you know the, the place where he w w was raised. This was in the epicenter. This was in the zone of the earthquake. Uh, we have uh, many, many members, Syrian Americans in Dallas and Houston and elsewhere in Texas, where we have a chapter. Uh, and I recall uh, the great floods in Houston a few years ago. We, uh, our members there, uh, you know, put together a, a small group to see how they could respond to give medical support uh, and, and and other kind of support to those who needed it there. So our our um, uh, our organization does provide support to disasters in the United States and gives free gives free medical care here as well. But they're very uh, knowledgeable about the great needs in Syria and, and do whatever they can to support the people there as well. That is David Lilly with the Syrian American Medical Society here on the KRLD Afternoon News. Was there anything else you wanted our listeners to know? Well, just to thank them for the support that they have given to to this disaster in the past that they had and, and, and thank them for listening and learning more about this. Uh, there are so many ways to give for this disaster and others and also at home. If they wanted to learn more about the situation in Syria today, one year after the earthquake, they can go to sans-usa.net uh, and we'd be happy to uh, provide them more information about how they could lend a hand. Awesome. David Lilly, Executive Director of SAMS. Thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Kristen. It's been my pleasure. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.